Hey everybody, it's Today in Trades with Jim Evans. I hope you got a lot out of our last episode, The Trap of Time and Materials, how to present better bids that will help you win better jobs and have a better experience for customers. If you haven't checked it out, go back, take a look and a listen. This week, we have an amazing surprise. We have a guest on our show that I've been trying to connect with to have on the show for about six months, and we made it happen. Her name is Mary Kay Liston. She's the wife of Mark Liston, for some of you listeners that know him well. She is an icon in the home services industry. As president of Five Star Painting, um, she was the president of Molly Maid. She was the VP um, at Mr. Appliance. She knows it all. She has worked with some of the best in our industry. Starting at 25 in a TV station, she takes us through her journey all the way to the president of one of the biggest um, franchise concepts out there. Uh, you're going to learn a lot about creating a great culture, a lot about empowering women in the workplace. This is just a jam-packed episode with an amazing interview. Without any more delay, let's go to Mary Kay Liston. All right, everybody, we are so excited today. We have one of my favorite people in the whole world. And you know I don't say that on this podcast, um, especially unless I mean it. Um, Mary Kay Liston, uh, Mary Kay and Mark um, have been in my life now for, I think, over 15 years um, as franchise presidents. Uh, I dealt closely with Mark when we were part of the Glass Doctor franchise. And through Mark, um, we got a, a sneak peek into the better half of the relationship, uh, Mary Kay. <laughs> his words, not mine, his words. And uh, and, and Mary Kay was the a president of, um, of other concepts as well. And I'm going to let her talk about her career. But um, between the two of them, um, we have learned so much about customer service, leadership, connection, care, and I can I can go on and on. And I speak for most of our listener base. What an exciting morning um, that we get to spend here with Mary Kay. So Mary Kay, I just want to start with the long elevator ride of tell us about your journey starting as a young professional to becoming a president of a, of a massive franchise. Sure. Well, first off, thank you, Jimmy. I really appreciate the opportunity. Mentorship, you're going to hear, is the hallmark of my career. And so I'm delighted to be able to offer some mentorship tips to, uh, to your listeners. My career started uh, right out of college. And I got a, a job at a TV station in Sacramento, California. It was very humbling because it was a part-time temporary minimum wage job. And they replaced me when I got promoted to a full-time job with somebody from Goodwill. So it wasn't a real high skill job, but it was the foot in the door. And that took me into a, a nice long career, a 25 year career in television. I think that the mentorship that I mentioned was so key in my beginning. I got my first opportunity to be a leader at that TV station at age 26. And after that, I had nine different positions there in the next 11 years. The key was a general manager, a boss who believed in me, honestly, more than I believed in myself. And he kept challenging me with the next opportunity and the next opportunity and the next opportunity. And Boy, I tell you what, I cherish the, the notes that I have from him, the handwritten notes, the Atta Girls. To this day, I go back and look at those and I, I realize how truly important that was in me gaining confidence to grow my career. I ended my career in television after 25 years in Los Angeles. I was running Comcast uh, Ad Sales Los Angeles at the time. I had five sales offices and 100 sales reps and 
and it was a great job, but I was done with television. And that's how I landed in franchising. Valpac, which was owned by Cox Communications at the time, gave me an opportunity to run Valpac LA. And even though it was a company-owned store, it was run as if it were a franchise. And I learned very quickly there how to become uh, close friends, colleagues with all of the franchise owners in the Valpac network. And that's when I first started to understand what it's like to be a franchise owner and the burning in the belly that one possesses in order to run a successful business. Valpac moved me to Florida in a corporate role. And from there, um, migrated over to Neighborly, where I started out as a vice president of operations for Mr. Appliance, became the president of Five Star Painting when we acquired that. And then most recently, I retired as president of Molly Maid, where we moved to Ann Arbor, Michigan, in order from Waco, Texas, in order to pursue that opportunity. So I think the, the keys were be flexible, be ready to move wherever the opportunity was, and to seek mentors. And I did that throughout my career, seeking people who would help me understand that, yes, you can do it, when it just wasn't natural for me to, um, to understand that. So needless to say, you weren't perfectly prepared at each at each journey. You didn't, you didn't go in ready to take the job. It sounds like the jobs found you and through that humility, which I appreciate you, you seeked out mentors to help you turn fear into what I, you know, what we call competence, right. And Mm -hmm. growth. And so, um, that's awesome. And man, I, did you ever think starting out in a TV station career, you would end in Molly made? No, (laughs) I didn't see the path. It doesn't mean that it wasn't there all along, but I certainly didn't see it at that point. And I tell you what, television was a great launching pad, but eventually I um, lost my faith in television. I'll just be honest. It was very difficult to to continue to work in that industry when things were getting crazy with media. So I'm so, so thankful that I discovered franchising, which used a completely different part of my brain. I was happy for that. Well, that actually is a great uh, segue into kind of a curveball. You know, I I, I want to help find some of the core um, common takeaways for our listeners, which are primarily home services. Uh, but let's talk a little bit about the differences between, I'm sure, managing, I mean, 100, 100 sales team members. I mean, you, you had to manage big groups of motivated people that are trying to communicate, sell. Let's talk about leadership and service sales in the two different industries. What carries over and unanimous across anything you're in? And then what is kind of real specific difference between your transition from advertising in that role over to home services and further franchising? I think that my leadership style has been consistency and appreciating people. um, Just lost the word. Um, Well, let me give you an example. When I first got a job in Valpac, the general manager that I replaced used to hold team meetings whenever. And if she set a meeting for eight o'clock, if she wandered in at 8.15, then maybe they'd get started at 8.30. That doesn't work for me. So I instituted a system whereby we, if I say we're going to go from eight to nine, we go from eight to nine. And if you're late, to my eight o'clock meeting, you pay a dollar into the party kitty. And if I go long on my eight to nine meeting, then I put money per minute in, 
in the party kitty. So that very quickly changed the whole attitude in the organization to, oh, we're going to respect each other's time and be mindful of that. And I think that that pretty much describes my style. I, I love to put up bumpers and say to my sales managers or the people who work directly, other people who work directly for me, you can do whatever you need to do to take care of our customers as long as it's within these bumpers. Just don't go outside the bumpers. And I found that franchise owners also appreciate that knowing that there aren't going to be special favors. There aren't going to be, because I like you better. There's, there's none of that. It's here's, here's how our organization is run. And I'm delighted to work with you within these bumpers. That's amazing. And we talk a lot about that, you know, standing meetings, uh, technician team meetings, just being mm -hmm. consistent, being intentional. Um, and, and, and that also creates a level of comfort and surprisingly retention. And so I really appreciate that. I love the, the party kitty pot. I, I hope <laughs> the listeners, I hope you all can take that back to your organization. What a great idea. And you know, we all are, most of us want to take care of our team anyway. So what a great way to give them that opportunity to, to share, you know, as someone who goes over all the time, I think I would lose most of my money at meetings. <laughs> so maybe I'll implement this right away. <laughs> there you go. It's a good discipline for you too. I mean, leaders need to respect their, their team members time as well. Awesome. And how scalable too, between one employee to a hundred. It's, that's a great mm -hmm. concept. Very good. That's, that's awesome. So the biggest difference that I saw between working um, in television and working in franchising is in television, you're working directly with employees and working with managers and then through them to their employees, which is all fine. It's people who are there to earn a paycheck and to provide a service, certainly. But when you get into franchising, then you're dealing with owners who have put their whole body and soul and all of their financial resources into this endeavor. And so the stakes honestly are much higher, I think, in franchising. Whether I'm coaching my team, my support team on how to talk with, how to coach franchise owners, how to be respectful of them and still challenge them to do the things they need to do if they're not doing it. But, but you have to come at it from a completely different angle. Right, right. No, that, that's really good feedback. And I think that it's important, uh, and even among our, our listeners, it's important that, you know, it's not going to be the same in every single industry. You have different challenges from painting over to glass, you know, my background to, to cleaning. and You're going to have different challenges, but to hearing what you're saying, late, have a foundation of consistency mm -hmm. that's true no matter which concept you own. And if you own multiple, even better, keep that foundation, but then find that nuance to make sure we're communicating in a way that connects with our people uh, and at their level. You know, sometimes I think we're trying to be leaders, maybe sometimes a little bit try to provide things, just, just be there, be with people, be, speak to them at their, the way they want to be heard and, and loved. So exactly. I've always appreciated and, that. <laughs> and understand what their particular needs are. Don't just lay out a menu of here's the system and here's what you need to do. I mean, certainly that's important for the bedrock, but when you're coaching an owner, let's talk about what your needs are today. How can I help you today? Right. Yeah. Action, action, actionable on the ground. Yeah. I really Absolutely. like that. And I've always, I've always felt that with you and, and Mark and you guys certainly could, could run circles around me with strategy and things. And you always do a good job of bringing it back to what can help me move forward? I think that we need to take that to our team. So awesome. Okay, we're going to get into the to my, my favorite part of this. So, all right, Mary Kay, as a business owner, as uh, someone who's worked in the home services industry my, my whole life, 
I have been surrounded by male testosterone. Um, our industry <laughs> is just littered with, with guys. And, and in a lot of cases, we have some really you know, strong women that will, will manage, run our desks off sometimes in the field with us. But we really were, have been at a disservice um, of not having blended companies. And here, fast forward 25 years, I'm now a father of two girls who are in the garage with my tools, just the other day helping me, um, <laughs> interested, even at four and one, I'm, I, I, they know how much I love this industry and they're falling in love with it too. But, you know, I can't help but be honest about the fact that they don't have a, a ton of role models. Um, and you're one of my favorite role models um, for them. And I hope for everyone listening to this podcast who are um, who is a, a young, growing female professional, let's talk about how what that was like for you what advice you're going to give my daughters and help them. And then let's talk about just some of the things you've overcome so that those of us on this call that maybe have intentionally or unintentionally created the culture of, of just bro culture or male culture, how do we learn from you so that we can see more Mary Kay's come up out of organizations? Sure. Well, when I first started in business, it was in the mid seventies and women were still trying to break through glass ceilings. And when I became production manager at, at the NBC affiliate in Sacramento, I was the first female production manager in the country. So I think that um, trying to be gender, uh, gender blind when it came to doing the job, just be confident and do the job that needs to be done. I think too, what is really helpful is I was reared a military brat and my father was my role model, the commander, you know, and, and he taught me the value of having a strong executive officer. So when I got into leadership roles, I found that that was probably the most important role on my team. And I usually got someone who was more knowledgeable about the particular industry that I was in, because clearly I didn't know how to paint when I became the president of Five Star Painting. So I made sure that my number two was someone who came from that industry. Um, likewise with, um, with Molly Maid, my number two was someone who was a small business owner, which I had not been, I'd been a, a franchisee years and years and years ago, but he was dealing, dealing with the things that are happening now. And so I filled my gaps with the people who are way smarter than me and made sure that my team was buttressed with all the skills that I was lacking. And I found that I was great at orchestrating but not necessarily coming up with all the answers. And by the way, I want to go back to something that, um, that you made reference to, that all these great ideas that Mark and I provided you, trust me, we did not come up with those on our own over the dinner table. Those came from talking to other business owners who maybe had found a solution or were successful in an area that another business owner might be struggling in, and we were delighted to share that information. So in a franchise network, the shared knowledge of the group is truly one of the strengths of a franchise organization. And it's up to the home office to make sure that those great ideas, that that knowledge is shared throughout the network. Wow. That's really, that's some powerful stuff. And, you know, it's certainly the world has changed since the seventies. And as a dad, I, I just want my daughters to be the greatest humans they can be. And, and they can fill in the cracks. I, I think it's important not to let the pendulums swing. And when it comes to home services, we also want to create an environment around our home. And I think this is important for our listeners in, among your shop, create an environment where it doesn't matter. You, if you do your mm -hmm. job and you follow our system and you, and you care for people the way we want to care, 
welcome aboard. You know, the rest of it is extra, you know, in the sense of this is transferable, no matter what gender, no matter what race, no matter what background, no matter where you came from, you know, that that we really have to look at who's going to do the work, um, the selfless work that it takes to be great in the service industry. So I really appreciate you bringing that home. Yes. Uh, I will, however, make one note that when we were in Waco, Texas, I used to be a guest lecturer at a, a marketing class. And these were all salespeople who were going out. And my purpose of going there was to advise young women on how to dress mm-hmm. when they get into the workplace. Mm-hmm. And I was able to say things that the instructor wasn't sure. um, about how they dress and what they reveal and how they comport themselves. And so I think any time we can coach young women to behave in a professional manner and to dress in a professional manner, and you're not in the workplace to date, you're in the workplace to do a professional job. Mm. So I think if, if you help young women keep that in mind, and even smolder women who haven't gotten it yet, I think it's going to help with their credibility. It's going to help let the men with whom they work focus on the things that are important instead of distractions. Well, and I, th- I think it's funny on the counter side of that, now that I have two daughters, I'm like, oh man, what kind of you know, what kind of partners will they have, you know, and uh, mm-hmm. et cetera. And, and I think on the, on the men's side it, or, or in between you, we need to dress how we want to be perceived and how we want to show what our values are. And I think that, you know, um, it's an ongoing thing. If I'm going up to home, I hate polo shirts. I'd prefer to always to wear a button up or a t-shirt, you know, um, but I know that our industry wears them a lot. And sometimes if I'm going in, I have to make sure that if I walk into a home or I walk into a meeting that people feel comfortable exactly. with me and that I feel comfortable with who I am as well. And so I think that's a really great topic. And I think sometimes we don't, we think about only how it makes us feel and not always how it might make others feel. And so I think that's really applicable, really cool idea. Right. Especially home services. If you're a technician and you're going into a home or a service professional of any kind, you want to establish rapport Mm -hmm. with the homeowner immediately. And and what do they say? The first two seconds you make your, you know, your first impression. Mm -hmm. So the, the key to starting establishing rapport is be on time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Of Look the part and be confident and do what you say you're going to do when you say you're going to do it. Sadly, in home services, that doesn't always happen. Right. So if you Absolutely. can do those things, you win. Absolutely. And, you know, and as, as we know, this, this uh, podcast is powered by big clips. And one thing we've learned through our journey on the software side is, there's, there are tools also to keep in touch. If you're not touching your customer with communication before they reach out to you, that's the key. My dad used to always say, if, and Mark, et cetera. If, if you are going to have a mix up in your schedule, you get a, you'd let them know before they ever have to call you. And there are tools that can help you automate that. So just, there's no more excuse as to why we can't be on time, do what we say we're going to do, and then make sure it's constantly being said to them. So very good. Well, I'm excited for one day as my girls get older than four and one to listen to to you in this (laughs) podcast. And and that's what's important to me. And it doesn't matter. I just, I want them to have the option. I think we we need to make sure we have shops where male, female, or in between anyone on any spectrum can walk in and feel loved, cared for, a bedrock of values. You know, one thing Mm -hmm. I loved about Neighborly was their code of values. That's my favorite part of that organization. You two both embody that. And um, I think if we do those things, you're not going to, the joke I've been telling everyone is there are great employees out there 
You don't, I don't want to hear any more. I can't find good technicians. This is just our time to level up and create a culture that brings people in schedule training that will captivate people. And then schedules like four, like four tens or three day weekends that right. will get technicians in the door. Um, so more than ever, I think we have to cap into every human on the planet, not just you know, males. And we also have to create a culture. So I appreciate that you two have done that. I've always felt like, man, if it, you know, if you open Mary Kay's LLC tomorrow, it's like, I, that's a place I'd want to work, you know, and, and that's you carry that who you are, not necessarily what you do. And so um, that's fantastic. Let's talk about another topic. This is today in trades. So it's, mm-hmm. it's what's happening right now, you know, and, and what tools, what topics can we do to move forward? I just touched a little bit on hiring, but I want to ask you, how is the home services industry changing? I mean, you were at oh. Five Star, you were at Molly Made. You've seen probably more change, correct me if I'm wrong, in the last like six, seven years. And, and yeah. historically, the service industry has been very old fashioned. We, we don't like to change, but I feel like it's knocking on the door. I could be wrong. I want you to talk to this a little bit about what's, what's going on. No, the biggest thing that's changed is the consumer, not how you fix plumbing or how you fix, fix HVAC. Although appliances, yeah, it's, it's a lot of computers now, but um, the thing that's changed the most is the consumer and their expectations. So your competition is no longer just the other plumber or the other painting company. It's Amazon. It's who's going to deliver, who's going to communicate with me. As you said, communication is so vital and who's going to do it quickly. And who's going to stop me from shopping? That's the thing. When homeowners are looking for someone to fix something that's broken in their home or to clean their home or whatever, if they don't get somebody on the phone to set an appointment right now, they're just going to continue shopping. So any of the tools, technology that you can use or systems to get people to stop shopping right now is what's going to serve you best. Um, Voicemails? No. Voicemails do not work. That is so 80s. So don't even think about it. You need to have a live voice answering your phone and giving the consumer the answer that they need to hear right now. The other thing that's changed in home services that I just love is it used to be do-it-yourself was a big thing. These new homeowners coming in are do-it-for-me. Do-it-for-me. I don't have the skills. I don't have the time. I've got the money. So I'm going to pay you to do it for me. So I don't think there's ever been a better time to be in home services than there is right now. That's amazing. I think that's so cool that you touched on that. And not only a live voice, a lot of customers like my wife and I in our age group, we also want to have a good online experience. We want to be able to know what you're about. We want to know your code of values. And, mm-hmm. and don't always rely on your estimator or the owner or your, your great technician to do that because people are human. Make sure that we're investing in marketing, present yourself. And if you can't talk about yourself, because maybe you're humble and you, you don't like to hire a marketing company to tell your story, you know, yellow dog creative was on, you know, they're fantastic. There are many out there that can help tell your story. Um, those of you in a franchise association or in a franchise lean into the marketing materials that are there. And if they're not there, knock on the door and say, this is what we need. We have to be able to tell our story because the other side that I like what you just said, customers are like, do it for me. They're Mm -hmm. from my experience, what we've learned is they're do it for me, but also tell me what you're doing. Tell me what you did and tell me how much it is. It's like, do it for me, but keep me in the know. And that, and they're smart, you know, because they grew out of a do it yourself attempt in a lot of cases. And so you can't just be like, I got it handled. That's not quite good enough, especially if you're charging what you should charge for great service. Tell them the service and what the difference is. And so that is fantastic. I love that um, that concept. I also just 
nothing irks me more than not answering your phone, you know, whether it's mm. service station or a, a call center, make sure somebody that answers their phone, they can answer a few basic questions. So right. very good. Um, how do, how do you see your leaders, some of your franchisees, what are some things they're doing to keep up with this change? Let's go into that a little bit with a little more in depth. What are some things that, that you're seeing the, maybe the more progressive franchisees doing to really capture this opportunity? And what are the ones maybe you're worried about that are going to miss it if they're not careful? Well, certainly embracing new technology is key. If you're not texting with your customers, if that's what they want, if you're not uh, chatting online, if you're not taking care of communicating with them the way they want to be communicated, then you're going to miss miss the bar. Uh, I have heard old school franchise owners say, no, this is the way I do it. And that's the way I've always done it. And that's just how it is. Well, you're going to get left at the blocks. So um, certainly stay in touch with how do, how do customers want to be communicated. I think it's also important to join um, community groups like um, I just lost the name of it. The, um, the leads Master, groups. Yeah. Or masterminds groups, right. Right. Or Mastermind group or leads group or shucks, even rotary, you know, something in your community so that you can stay connected with other business leaders and stay on the pulse of what's happening in your particular community, because every community you'll hear franchise owners say my territory is different, but um, but there are nuances to different communities. So um, so stay in touch with with other business owners, however it's comfortable for you to do. Don't try to do it all in a bubble. You find that if you if you share leads, if you share knowledge about the market with one another, then the whole river rises. That's amazing. You know, and inside of BidClips, um, you know, some of our users that are sending their service requests and sold jobs over to the plumber, the tile guy will send it over to the glass shop. There are tech, not only technologies, but also inside of Neighborly, for, for example, oh, yeah. you have other concepts that are ready to work together. And, and usually when someone's doing work on the home, it's not just one little thing. It's one little thing will turn into, let's uh, just do the whole remodel. Maybe we do this, maybe we do that. When you get into the mode of fixing up your home, me as a homeowner, I know this, there's a lot of opportunity and why go chase a bunch more when you can work together to, to go deeper with a customer instead of wider. That's right. And a lot of times the customer is really the woman of the house mm -hmm. and women love to share their people. Yeah, you so do. I got a guy who can help you with that. Let <laughs> me get you his contact information. They love that. If you make it as easy as, hey, here's a link, just start here, you know, even yep. better. And so very, so awesome. I love that. Um, now let's talk to the clients. You know, I hear, again, we hear all sorts of things, but today in trades, we hear, can't find good people. We just addressed that earlier. Consistency, leadership, and a culture. You will find people. And guess what? You see someone that gives you great customer service. You know how many uh, baristas, waitresses, movie theater attendants that, that I've given my business card and said, you know, you if you want to change a career, come over here. I love how you handled me. It's, there are people that are great out there and don't be afraid to recruit. Because, yeah. you know, um, that's, that's how you find good people. But secondly, let's talk about on the business side. You, you've been a president. You've, you've taught business owners how to be great. We also hear a lot of customers are like, oh, I'm just, I'm just so busy. And then I'll ask them, I say, well, are you saving up for a tough economy? Are you pricing correctly? How is your business? How are your, your numbers? And the amount of just lack of knowing and fear really frightens me because it's not always going to be great like it is now. What do you say to customers on how they can make sure they're handling customers with authenticity, um, care, but how do we best prepare ourselves as home service providers right now for the future? 
Uh, staying in touch with your customers is really key. I know some of the really successful franchise owners that I've worked with have set up um, email lists and Facebook groups for their customers. So staying in touch with your customers so they don't forget you. You know, at, at Neighborly, we call it putting a fence around your customers. And they're not going to, even if even if you did the very best job of fixing a plumbing problem they had, in a year or two, they're not going to remember that it was Mr. Reuter. They're going to go, now what was that company? And now you can't just go to the yellow pages and scroll down. Now you, you, know, you have to go, gosh, who was it? Now it's going to be whatever's top of mind. So... Don't expect that they're going to remember you. Keep reminding them who you are. And I think that that's really going to serve company owners well, however they choose to do it. Thank you gifts are always nice too. But again, yeah. they're not going to remember who you were if they right. run into another problem a year or two from now. So stay top of mind. Top of mind right. awareness is huge locally. Now, a franchise can provide you with marketing materials, with the website, as you mentioned, but what's going to keep you top of mind in the market is talking to them the way that their market works. There are some markets where Valpac, we used to work at Valpac, and there are markets where Valpac is still relevant. And what we used to say is that if, if you're in Valpac every week, so whatever it is you're doing, be consistent, mm -hmm. because when they have a need for your service, they're going to go right to where they've seen you before. And if you're not there, they're going to think, oh my gosh, are they gone? Don't they, aren't they here anymore? So whatever marketing works best in your community, then stay consistent with it. And that way your customers and your future customers can keep you top of mind. That's really critical. That's awesome. Um, one thing that you two have both taught me is also to start with the end in mind. Um, instead mm -hmm. of just going wildly, you know, whatever direction the wind blows us, Mark was always great, especially of just being like, okay, well, Jim, what, what do you need for your business to be healthy? Well, okay. So you need to pay this person so much. How much do you need to make instead of being afraid of our numbers or listening to the one customer who said, you guys are expensive asking all of your customers, what was your value and how likely are you to refer me in PS scores and just checking in. That's how we determine what our market can bear. That's what we determine. I, I have so many markets that are like, oh, I don't, we can't sell a job at this price. I'm like, well, do you know the national average for that service is $200 higher? What's the difference? You know, every yeah. town is people. My point is don't just raise your prices. Don't just lower your prices. Don't run blindly. Sit down with your accountant, sit down with your franchise consultant and, and sit down with the Mary Kay's in your life and say, I need to get to here. What do I need to do to get there? And I, that that's a great way to go about it. And I just thank both of you for always encouraging me to stay focused on what I need to do to keep my customers healthy and then my employees taken care of. Um, and to your point earlier, as far as um, finding yourself, finding people, you know, I, I have a local restoration company, Five Valleys Restoration. Matt, if you're listening, hats off to you. It, the emails we get aren't always sales emails. They're simple things like, did you know that the local community is doing a fundraiser? If any of you are interested, come on down. Hey, we're joining a kickball for, for kids. You know, and he, he, they just share what they're doing for their community and inviting people to join them. That's so right. much better than, oh, remember, you got to hire us if you have a disaster. Um, it doesn't have to be sales, sales, sales. It should just be content. Here's something nice. Here's a gift. Here's something we're doing. Here's something you can do with us. Here's, you know, come to our steak dinner. We'll make burgers. That's the stuff I think that builds um, just loyalty and long-term business value. Not only that, but the, the younger homeowners today are very socially conscious. 
and they want to help make their communities better, stronger, the community where they live, the community of the earth, it doesn't matter. So if you can, as a business owner, somehow um, join into that effort and to your point, invite them to uh, invite your customers to join you or just call out, here's what we're doing, then that's going to make a huge impression on today's consumers. Absolutely. And if you made a choice to choose a professional to work on your home, it's also nice subconsciously to know that your investment in that company went into the community and into their mm -hmm. employees and into their vans, you know, that they look at it's, that's important, you know, and a lot of us as conscious consumers, we want to know we're supporting a company that supports the community and, and themselves in point. Um, you know, sometimes the ones where there's not a sign, you don't know if they're insured, it, it's a little scary. And so um, this is really, and anyone listening to this podcast, I hope is on the path to professionalism. Otherwise, you know, welcome aboard. And I hope this is the beginning of your journey. But if you're, a fly, you know, the fly by night people that we're all worried about, that's not your competition. As Mary Kay right. said earlier, your competition is the customer. What's making their heart feel good, what's making them feel good, and what's making um, you know, they're, them just keep to stop shopping around you. What's it going to take for you to be their guy or their gal or their company? So yeah. awesome. 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 I appreciate and, that. And that. I appreciate that, um, that companies everywhere have signs now hiring up there. And I know that it's a challenge, but you said it earlier, there are plenty of great people out there. They're just working for somebody else right now. And studies have shown that, uh, over half of the workforce is, disengaged, not actively disengaged necessarily, but disengaged. So if they, and they, so they're looking, right? They're working, they show up every day, they, they earn their paycheck, but they don't earn new customer loyalty. So what you wanna do is be the one out there that is the employer of choice in your community. And if it's service, it doesn't matter what service you're providing, if you can train the skill, if it's not a, a licensed one, you know, if you can train the skill, then just always be recruiting. Absolutely. But be the place where people are so excited to go to work and they feel so valued and appreciated and they want to bring their friends in to work with you. They're out there. They're just with somebody else right now. And a lot of them are not happy. That's so cool. Uh, just a week or so ago, I was um, in the car with Will and Abel, who a lot of you know, and Will's our COO. And we were going through McDonald's. Don't tell my mom. And uh, it was like <laughs> 1030 at night. And uh, we were going through McDonald's. It's the only place open in Polson, Montana. And this guy um, just rocked our world, made us laugh at, by taking the order, teased us a little bit, you know, just connected. And then of course we bought more than we probably would have. By the time we got up to the window, our card was out. We handed it to him. We're just like, Hey buddy, you know, you're a great communicator. You connect. If you want a, a change of career, here you go. And his face was just kind of like, okay. Like, and <laughs> the thing is what I'm saying is how easy is it to write off? Oh, it's McDonald's. Right. No, that's, that's, that's a young hustler who's actually working, who's, who, who has some potential, you know, what a great opportunity. And, you know, and he hasn't called yet. Maybe he has, maybe he went to voicemail. Now the ball's in his court. And the, the point is, if you're not ready to do that, then yeah. um, let's, let's work on that because that's important. You're always, your number one customer actually isn't the customer. It's your employees. You, you, that's the most important member. If you treat them well and they feel like they're treated well, your customers are handled. It's a fact. It's a loyalty. Yeah. It's a tribal approach. So appreciate that so much. And, uh, and I hope all of you listening are hearing this and you're encouraged that, yeah, okay, I, I can find the people. Let's build our culture. Let's grow. 
Um, Mary Kay, this has been just unbelievable. Um, we're also excited. We're going to have Mark on also, otherwise he'll be sad that he wasn't included. Um, <laughs> but I wanted to make sure that I started with you. Um, I've just always really appreciated you. And, uh, and for those of you interested in a franchise uh, or joining a franchise, reach out to Neighborly, Five Star, um, take a look. These, these two are, are, there's amazing people in that organization. And, uh, oh, truly. and, so, and the culture, so take a look. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the culture that you mentioned is unique to Neighborly, I truly believe. So neighborly.com mm-hmm. is the place to go. And you can find out about jobs that are open across the platform. I think that the, the badge, the Neighborly badge on home services really means that you're getting a, a, a premium quality service. So yeah. look for the neighborly badge. Amazing. And uh, for those of you, again, this is uh, powered by BitClips. If you need help with your technology, if you need a call center to help you out or a contact love center, we call it, <laughs> I reach out to service stage, go servicestation.com. And most importantly, whatever we can do to help you, just send it in the comments, uh, message us. We would love to answer. I love to connect with our listeners. Um, so I appreciate you and I'm just so excited you're in retirement. Now you get to share all this knowledge you've gained and hats <laughs> off to you. What an amazing career from 25 years old, walking into a TV station, the president of a giant franchise. What an amazing accomplishment. So thank you to both of you and uh, we will stay in touch. Thanks, Jim. It's been fun. What an amazing opportunity to talk with Mary Kay. I know I took a lot away from it. Um, I always learn a lot from her and I hope you all did as well. Stay tuned. Make sure to like and subscribe on YouTube if you're consuming it there. Thank you for our weekly listeners on Spotify and iTunes. And for the rest of you out there, have a great day today in trades. Brought to you by BitClips.